0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello, welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Imran. I'm Cole. And I'm Jamie. Right, welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everybody. We are coming to you after the New- Nottingham Forest game. And one thing I don't think we do at United Hour is give you a picture of where we are. So, you know, it's a it's a, it's a work day for me, but I'm taking a bit of time to do uh, to this podcast. I'm just sat in my lounge, nice and comfy, ready to talk about Man United. Jamie, where are you today? Where can we find you?
0: Uh, in my spare room. This is set up as my office as well, but thankfully I'm off until the 4th. So, nice. a bit of time nice.
1: Nice professional place to do a podcast, and and calm. Where whereabouts are you? Where can we find you?
2: Uh, in the bath. He's in the <laughs> bath, ladies and gentlemen. Basically, uh, basically what happened was we agreed to do this podcast at a time, and I forgot that. And then I've had a you know a joyous but very stressful day with my eighteen month old, and I got home and got her dispatched to her mother, and thought, you know what, time. Time for some me time, you know, and then Imran texted me about doing a podcast, and I just just was just topping up the bath full of bubbles, and just thought, well, <laughs> I can't waste a bath full of water.
1: No, and um, I mean there, there are all the health and safety implications involved with you know electronics and bath, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll leave that aside. We, yeah. we, I'm, su- I'm sure I'm sure you've got it all covered, but it's just a mental image that we need everyone to have. I think for, well, of the bubbles are the covering my decency, so. Oh, that's that's good. We uh, we are we are doing this on Zoom, but all the cameras are turned off. Uh, Fortunately or unfortunately, we'll, we'll let the listener decide. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, onto the football, and we beat Nottingham Forest yesterday three 0 Our first three nil win in quite some time. A very comfortable win. Although I swear, at times in the second half, we were trying to make it about as uncomfortable as we could for ourselves, but Nottingham Forest refused uh to accept the the gift that we were giving the the christmas gift that we were trying to get them into the game and they just didn't want to so in the end three nil nice and comfortable uh Cole, we'll start with you in the bath uh how what was your big takeaways from the game
2: uh i was just first of all i was really glad that the premier league's back Um, i i enjoyed the world cup but not a fraction of the amount that you enjoyed the world cup Imran. i've don't think i've ever yet met someone more buzzed about <laughs> international football and particularly an english fan So, I know that was probably crushing, but just your general joy at every part of the World Cup process was uh, like the wonderment of a child, Um, which was nice to see. I didn't really share it, so I was kind of like keeping my eye, watching quite a lot of games, but I just want the Premier League come back, so I'm delighted. The United are back and playing football. I was so ready and so excited to watch United play and be probably very disappointed at what we turned out. And actually, I was really pleased. I didn't have to be disappointed at all, really, because um, we were really good. Nottingham Forest were really bad. In terms of a a re-entry to Premier League football, you really couldn't ask for better games here, I don't think. But yeah, I thought we looked slick. I thought we looked like the Ronaldo hangover was gone. I just thought um, it was an eminently comfortable, easy watch to the point, Emran, where it was almost a bit boring.
1: Mm, I, I, I can see that. Um, Jamie, uh, same question to you, um, but also just throwing, how much would you read into this result considering Forest were quite terrible?
0: Um, I thought the result was very good. I thought the, the performance was very good. In truth, um, a bit like calm, very happy to see United back, but at the same time was a wee bit apprehensive as to... Certainly how we were going to start, just with it being so long since we've played. I know we played against Burnley last week in the League Cup, um, but this being the proper first game back in the Premier League, I was just a wee bit apprehensive. But even from the start, I thought it was just very comfortable, really. Um, The only gripe I have at all with the game is it. It it should have been three a lot sooner, and it actually should have been probably about four or five, just because we, mm. we did play really well and made some really good chances, and I was very pleased with that. And I know what you mean. How much can you read into it? Because Forest aren't that great, really. And I know I know what you're saying about that. Like, you know, we, we kept kind of offering them chances, but even then, you know, they scored they scored the VAR disallowed goal. Well, it was going wide anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's like Yeats' header is going wide until it hits the guy who's standing offside. I don't know why they took so long to even confirm that. That should have been confirmed a lot sooner. The chances in the second half were kind of half chances and we did let them kind of maraud forward a little bit but I, I genuinely thought we were totally in control and we should have won by a lot more. Reading into it, I just think we do have players to come back. I know the likes of Varane and Bruno and Rashford and Martial were playing, but, you know, Luke Shaw playing at centre-half, um, Wambasaka getting a run-out, things like that. We've still got players to come back as well, so I just thought it was very encouraging for the players that did play, for some of the fringe players to get a run-out and just think we're actually going to get stronger from here with other guys, key players coming back in as well.
1: Mm, it was a... A makeshift back four. Uh, the rest of the team pretty much picks itself this month Casimir, Ericsson, Bruno, Anthony, Marshall, and Rashford, who actually got to start together for the first time, I think it was, the, the first three, or definitely not start together too many times. Um, but it was mainly at the back that everyone was a bit worried looking at the, time, the starting lineup. Um, Colm, when you saw Shaw and Varane, were you worried? Or you thought, nah, Luke Shaw's a, a super no, footballer it- and he'll do a job?
2: I was a little worried when I heard the reports. When I actually saw the team sheet, I was I was happy enough um, because you know Wamatak well, is a bit of a nightmare, but he, he's solid enough. You know, you kind of know the kinds of mistakes that he's going to make, and I didn't think Nottingham Forest front line with Jesse Lingard in it was going to be too difficult or pose those kind of questions that he would really suffer from. Um, in terms of Luke Shaw, I mean, I play Luke Shaw at centre back every day of the week, really, and particularly in a game where you're going to dominate the ball, I think it's even better. You know, I think. And I don't want to do a disservice to Lind- uh Lindelof here, but I think Luke Shaw is probably a better centre back than Lindelof. And I appreciate I have a very small sample size to work off there, um, most of which he's played on a back three, but he's just he was just top class yesterday. Really he, he did kind of play like a left centre back of a back three, you know, rather than a pure centre back. But like he was stepping in the midfield, when the ball had the pitch, you know, quite dominant early. Um it just looked like Martinez was there, to be quite honest. Um so I think if it was another team, it, it, it could have been a, a big banana skin. But, like, I mean, Varane was top class. I mean, I, yeah. he probably still needs a week off, you know, as kind of uh, Ten Hag said at the start, that it was a bit of a, a a last kind of option to start him. And, and actually, Varane said, no, i look, I'll step up and play kind of thing because we don't really have anyone else, Um, you know, showing his kind of leadership uh over Harry Maguire, I'd say, but um, no, I thought, it was, I thought it was it was. just, I wasn't too concerned as soon as the match started. You know, even when the disallowed goal went in before it got disallowed, because I wasn't aware it was offside, I thought it was going to be given. Um, I still wasn't that bothered because it just felt like if we had to, we would score more goals. And I think we just kind of, we just, we were kind of letting them have chances because they weren't a threat, if you know what I mean. And it was just, the, the, the players were just really comfortable, to be honest.
1: Mm. i think uh luke shaw for me if, if we put him anyway he'd probably be in our two two or three top position players in that position yeah um he it's is his a touch of his feet football. you
2: know but like some of the passes oh. there was one he slipped uh garnacho in um just with an absolute wreck of a ball along the floor that kind of split the defense um, and garnacho just couldn't yeah, who? quite get into it but like his passing range was phenomenal lots of switches of play to um anthony and Aaron basaka i just thought he, he looked really good there
0: I thought his reading Um. of the game was very good last night as well. As Colm said, there was times where he was stepping forward and even if it was like a tactical film on the halfway line, he's clever enough to do that, clever enough to step in when he needs to. Some of the passing was great. I I was impressed with him, the centre half, and while, yeah, if you're going to go up against a more physical team with a better number nine, that's not the way to go. But certainly in games like this where you're going to dominate most of the ball, especially at home, against teams that, Maybe aren't going to be able to fashion too many chances other than set pieces. I'd be totally comfortable with him playing that role again.
1: Yeah. Mm. I like I say he's a supreme footballer, and I, especially this season, he's just shown that when he's on and when he's bothered, he's there. Are a few better than him in our squad, and uh, it shows. And a word on Varan as well. Uh, World Cup final, literally last weekend. Yeah. Um, come back, raising your game for Forest at home, and I mean it has been a bit of a joke after the World Cup, like, oh, how who who's going to be able to go back to play against Nottingham Forest have to play in the World Cup final? But he has done it, and the professionalism there, it, it, it's something to be admired, I think. I think there's, there are players who would be like, oh, I can't be asked for this shit. But so I think he's top class. Him. I mean, I, I
2: assume yeah. um, Martinez is, is still going to be, like, suffering the hangover of a lifetime um, in Argentina somewhere. But, like, Varane is just – particularly, I thought, the first 30 or 40 minutes when it actually was a bit of a game – Really, up until the thirty-fifth minute, when we scored a second goal. He just won everything, but not just that. Like he made it look easy. You know, it was like he was just mugging people off with the challenges and and really kind of decisive about everything he was doing as well. And he's just, I mean, he stays fit. You know, if well, I mean, generally, if our team stays fit, I think top four should be well, well, well within reach.
1: Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get to our what we think we're expecting for the second half of the season towards the end of the podcast. But um, so we did score fairly early on I think it was around the 20th minute Um, Rashford an actual set piece routine I can't remember the last time we scored a set piece routine to be honest with you Um, maybe Paul scores at Bradford I don't know Um, (laughs) but it was a lovely goal Uh, Christian Eriksen into Rashford very simple the Teddy Sheddingham corner of old uh, Jamie lovely finish
0: yeah tremendous finish Um, I just thought the whole the whole goal itself everything from the dummy run from Varane the Martial holding the defender in place at the front post, the pass from Ericsson, the finish from Rashford, everything was excellent. As you said, it was just it was really nice to see a goal like that. It's clearly been worked on in the train, training ground a lot, actually come to fruition in a game. Um, it, it just seemed as though Varane just seemed to distract two or three players where he makes he makes half a run forward and then it's almost as if he runs into the area where Rashford's going to run into, so he changes direction and runs kind of back towards the goal. That takes two or three defenders right out the road, and kind of they go with him. As I said, Martial's holding the man at the front post, not letting him move, and the run from Rashford's excellent. And that kind of finish, I think, is is bloody difficult, where you can't really put your foot through it. You just have to kind of steer it in the general direction of the goal, because, you know, the whole the, the whole pace of that is coming off the pass from Ericsson which was absolutely pinpointing as well and he just it just caresses it into the far corner it's a brilliant goal really good finish mm. and just well-worked
1: yeah so the Martial holding thing was interesting because it really goes it, it showed me a lot like what a defender's priority is at a corner cuz yeah he's holding his man but his man has zero intention of going anywhere yeah, cuz he's he also does, he, holding Martial. Uh, yeah he's yeah. not even he he bothered about yeah. going to that space
0: yeah absolutely
1: like, just just shows the priority of where they're at there are the the man is i'm gonna ma- i'm gonna make sure my man stops running but i'm not even gonna bother about defending any space and yeah we just exploited it really well um rashford fifth goal sixth goal in the premier league uh 11 in all competitions calm is, is there anything better as a united fan than seeing Rashford with a smile on his face and scoring goals
2: um do you know what there's quite a lot of things uh, about being a united fan at the moment that are quite fun Um there's quite a lot of characters across the pitch that give me um, quite a lot of joy um, which is in stark contrast to the last few years so it's just one of many things that makes me really happy i do kind of think this whole all we hear now is about rashford smiling happy better football mental health and i've I've never before in my life you know heard that much of a narrative around it and you know on the one hand it definitely is a good thing but also it's like can we not you know just it could not constantly be about his general level of happiness and how that reflects on his football, do you know what I mean? Like, he should just be able to play football at a certain level, in a certain way, do you know what I mean? Like, I I do think the narrative's getting a little bit dominant now, do you know what I mean? That it's all you hear, it's all anyone says in any commentary in any halftime show in any anything. It's just all about, you know, essentially Marcus Rashford's level of happiness with his life, do you know what I mean? And it's all so speculative, you know? And I, I definitely there's something in it at a point, you know, he definitely was down and in poor form but like that happens to tons of players all the time and sometimes it is a mental thing sometimes it's, it's 18 other things do you know what I mean so I'm kind of getting a bit fed up with that narrative what I'm not getting fed up with is how good he's playing football and I particularly love that uh, Eric and Hag seems to have really kind of picked him out for some kind of love and nurturing and development and um, he said after the game you know um, something like, "Oh, you know, Marcus just has such a lovely smile," and uh, you know, even he's saying it, but it it does have a very wide, infectious kind of smile. And Ten Hag was sort of like, "Oh, you know, it's so nice. Oh, you know, I want to see him do that more." And then he also said, "By the way, I think he should score twenty goals in the season in the league every season, basically." Um, which is you know a pretty high bar to get to, and would certainly be. An extremely good return um, for Rafford. Um, but yeah, I mean, great goal. Literally, as er- well, as Ericsson was about to take a free kick, I was like, I was watching the National Brother and I said, oh, here's another one of our class short corner routines um, that we've been doing all season. And then even as he hit the ball into the box, I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch this. Expecting it obviously to be, you know, another one that didn't really come off. But I mean, to see stuff like that is so good, particularly after a big break where you, f- you feel like people have been working on things or it's allowed kind of time for the more tactical sessions that they would be doing at Carrington.
1: Um, so you heard it here first. Everyone in Colm wants Rashford to be unhappy, miserable, but also scoring goals at the same time. I was, I, yeah, also scoring just... goals at the same. as long as as long as he's scoring goals, you don't care how happy he is.
2: Tell me another person where we've made such <laughs> like like the general media fans, other team fans, England, you know, have made such a big focus on that one person's mental health and how it pertains to their level of performance. Like I've never seen it before, and I don't know if it's if it's a good thing or a bad thing.
1: Uh, no one has a problem with Marsh. I'll be miserable in scoring goals. Yeah, exactly. Right he to, just every uh, day he's just moody, you know. <laughs> like, uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and then we got a uh, so love the goal from Rashford, and not not to dwell on England, but I'm going to do a bit of England talk now uh, because there was a lot of talk after the World Cup about how Rashford came on for Wales, scored, not came on, came into the side lineup for Wales, scored two goals, and then didn't really. Well, well, he didn't start again, and then that game against France came on for the last ten minutes, and it. At the time, I was like, fair enough, like Southgate trying to manage the team, whatever. but the more you think about it afterwards, the more it boggles the mind that he didn't get more minutes in Qatar, and especially in that game against France, to only come on for the last 5-10 when we need a goal and he's banging form and you're bringing on Sterling instead. Bit ridiculous. Um, so I've kind of done a 180 on that. That's my England talk done. Sorry. Uh, we would have won the World Cup, is what I'm saying, if Rashford had uh, played a bit longer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um but anyway, yes, uh, back to United. We scored, a, we scored a second quickly after. Nice two-goal solver, and that kind of was the game then. Uh, nice for us to put it to bed quite early on. Uh, starts with a crunching tackle from Casemiro, who was just incredible in this game. Uh, it absolutely boggles my mind that Casemiro plays football for us. Uh, I don't understand it. I don't know what he's doing here. At some point, I think he's like he's going to wake up and realise that he's with us. But until that time, I'm very happy. Um, Jamie, was Casemiro your man of the match?
0: By a by an absolute mile. Best play on the pitch. And I'm kind of losing count with how many times I see that. Not even just watching us, watching him play for Brazil in the World Cup. There were so many times you we were just watching him going, he plays for us. I actually can't quite compute the fact that he still, like, still, I, I can't quite compute that he plays for us still because it, it it's so night and day watching him play for us even for this third of a season or whatever it is compared to the previous five or six years and I I quite like Matic but it was just painfully obviously Matic was past it really by the time he signed for us this time we actually have a genuine world-class player in midfield who's in his prime he's awesome absolutely awesome and as you said, starts it off with an absolutely crunching tackle in the left-back position, just a brilliant tackle. And it's one of those as well. It's not just a tackle where you know the ball goes anywhere. It's like a tackle that, in the same time as he tackles the player, passes it outside to another one of our players and gets us going. And it didn't just happen in that goal. It happened all game. Stepping into the gap when he, when he read that he would get there first, it's totally unpanicked so many slide tackles that are just so well-timed that it's not even going to be, you know, one of these potentially dodgy collisions with a player where, you know, you might get a booking or a red card. Everything's measured, controlled, just dictates everything in midfield. Like Honestly, it's, it's, it's unbelievable that we've went from not having that at all to we actually have the best one in the world mm. playing for us, doing it every single game It's
1: it's just class to watch him, it really is. Yeah, we, we've gone from not having one to genuinely a world-class article. Uh, Colm, have you, has he surprised you at all? I, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, he's a destroyer. And I thought, like, oh, come on now, he can pass a bit. But even I have been a bit surprised by how how good he is on the ball.
2: It's Way higher, way higher than I thought it was going to be the quality of the pass. I mean, the pass for Fred is a wild Road. pass. I mean, Fred is so far wide. He's nearly outside the penalty box, I think. And it's just like, it cuts through like four or five players, like it's De Bruyne-esque. And, you know, that was just all game in all different areas of the pitch. There was one that he received off um, a defender, I think it might have been Armand Masako, when we were getting pressed a bit. And he just kind of, on the first touch, just scooped it out um, to Anthony, I think. And it was just, again, a pass that you just thought that. Like, he knew he was playing that pass before he went and got the ball, which is what you want from your midfielder. And um, I think he's genuinely, you know, I read some this morning that said he's the, the best defensive midfielder in the league. And... I don't know if it's just cut and dry, but he's certainly in the conversation, like top three, you know, and it's very it's much him
1: or, him or Rodri, isn't it? Yeah,
2: possibly Declan Rice, I would say. I still think he's he's super good and a bit underrated this year because West Ham are not doing amazing, but um, certainly, certainly up there. Um, and it's just so good. The other thing, really, I just love so much because so many of our players don't seem able to do this. See, when he wins a header, he headers it two someone. Like even if it's a difficult position, yeah, even if it's a contested absolutely. header, even if the ball's flying at him, he will pick out someone with his header. It'll go to shore or it'll be played somewhere. So many times, particularly high Maguire, I just see these headers, and Scott one alone oh, wins a lot of headers, doesn't necessarily direct them. You know, they're just getting headed up or out or away or down the pitch. And it's so you're essentially just adding to the scrappiness of the game and more often than not giving the ball back. And every even in a difficult, you know, kind of pressured situation. He's always finding a man, he's always calming things down and slowing it down when it needs done. And I'm really surprised. The question I asked my brother and I were talking about last night after the match was, How long do you think this goes for? Like I think he'll be I don't think I don't see a big drop-off next year. You know, I don't see No. I don't see that being, you know, off a cliff face. I think possibly the year after that, you're pushing it, but like he looks in
1: supreme form and fitness. I think we'll get a good solid two, three years out of him. Obviously at some point he will he will dip because you know age and shit, but I think like we're gonna, well, I think we'll get we'll get our money's worth out of him. I mean, we already are getting it anyway, and I think if we give it a two or three seasons, this you can't really argue because he is a, a literally a one man midfield uh, at times, and it's it's a joy to watch. Um, just to round off that goal, I mean, there's a lot of good things about the goal actually, from the tackle to Bruno's pass to Rashford, who first touch immaculate, chop inside brilliant. Um, just a quick thing on Rashford. I don't think in our team there is a person who is better against. Lesser opposition than Marcus Rashford, not to say he's not good against top opposition too, because he is. But when, when the poorer player, when the poorer teams come around, Rashford really ups his like he shows the level of difference between him and them. And he did it against uh, Burnley as well. Just like, just there's a massive chasm between him and them, and he really, he really flaunts it, and it's good to see. But um, anyway, pass it to Marshall. Goal, absolutely terrible keeping, and um, I'm calm as as our resident goalkeeping expert. What did you make of that?
2: Yeah, I mean. Did you hear Alan Shearer trying to say like, oh, it was a really good strike or it wasn't the keeper's fault? I mean yeah. like uh, what yeah. on earth it was, was that. he talking about? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think potentially every other goalkeeper in the football English pyramid saves that. It's 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 awful. It is really awful. And there was the whole thing he was stepping to the left. I didn't really see that to be honest. I just saw a a, a very mediocre strike very close he could have stuck a leg out and saved it it wasn't it was like within a meter of him if you know what I mean and so I think that's almost his his issue is he's tried to go down with his hands although I still think he should be able to get there and put it away um, and hold it like it's just bad I mean he's had he's had a bad month or two you know he actually played pretty well after that he he made some good saves you know the one from Anthony isn't a bad save and he had I think another one from Rashford maybe and but I mean to me that's I didn't think Marshall should take it first time. It's a it's a it's a decent effort, but I don't think it's the best thing he could have done in that situation, if you know what I mean. Um and certainly when he did it, he didn't get a great connection, didn't get into the corner. Um but it was a lovely move. It was a great goal in the end, but I mean you have to look at the keeper like that's that should be saved, like ninety-nine times out of hundred.
0: The term popadomrust comes to mind. As yeah. the alternative Man United commentary guy says. It was yeah, honest. But... It was shocking. It was so bad. Like, if, I, if I'm playing seven aside and somebody concedes that, you are fuming.
1: Yeah, you're, you're
0: disappointed.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, not if you're Alan Sharer. Um, we'll take a quick break now, and then when we come back, we'll talk about strikers for a little bit, and then we'll round off this game. Welcome back. Uh, so, yeah, Martial started up front. Um, he is our number one. Striker at the moment, he's probably our number two, number three, number four striker. Because in our only striker. I mean, we have Rashford to to come in there as well. But really, we all want him on the left. So it's a bit of a a, a dearth up there. Um, Marsh, how do you feel? Marshall did in this game, Jamie. Are you feeling confident about half season with just Marshall at the moment?
0: Um, I wouldn't go that far. I thought he played okay last night. We are so much better having him up front than what we did with Ronaldo. I will say that. We're so much more fluid, and we can bring a lot more players into the team, into into play. Rather is what I meant to say, and we do benefit from that. Sometimes I just you just want to see him a little bit more, a little bit more involved around the box, because um, there was two or three times just towards half time last night in particular where he goes wide, receives the ball from Anthony, plays a one two kind of goes back towards the edge of the box and then stays out wide with the players and just things like that you're like just just move back into the box a little bit just kind of give us that presence in there um, but he did have the chance second half um, I think it was between Anthony's and Rashford's because Hennessy did make uh, two or three good saves as Combs alluded to and so he could have easily had a second goal had some good passes in him as well and I think just coming off with whatever it was, half an hour, 25 minutes to left, is Ten Hag just being sensible and just managing his fitness at this point because it's been a wretched first half of the season with with regards to injuries for him. So hopefully he can stay fit, but that really is the problem, isn't it? You can't hang your hat on him being available for even, I would say, three months of the running. That, That... I may be wrong, and he may play the rest of the season. But looking at his track record, looking at the first half of the season, it's just numerous muscle injuries. Are just there's there's just too many, and I think we do have the squad now to really make an assault on the top four. Probably look at getting it to at least one final, I suppose, in, in the trophies that we're still in. But again, you're hanging your hat on him being available, being fit and playing like he did last night and better than that to really get us going. And I'm just, I'm not sure that's something we can rely on at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's uh, a bit of a worry. I, I would say I'm I'm quite worried about it. Um, one place we won't be signing is obviously Cody Gakpo. He has now gone to Liverpool or will be going to Liverpool. Colm. Are you bothered by that news? Um or are you just whatever, I mean, as long as we get a striker? I, I will
2: be bo- I will be bothered if he turns out to be class. Um at the <laughs> moment I have no idea if he will be or not, so it's hard for me to get bothered. I think um it's a bit odd that you know we clearly had interest in the summer, it didn't materialize just due to timings and not being able to get rid of, rid of Ronaldo, I think. Um he shares Eric Ten Hag's agent. Eric Ten Hag's just come from that league, so they'll probably, you know, know of each other at the very least. Um, you know, he kind of flirted with us a bit in a few interviews, and it seemed like we were resuming that interest here going into January, following um a very good World Cup showing for him, and I think a very average and underwhelming uh Netherlands team, and then like you know yesterday happens and Liverpool sign him, so that's cool. Um, it's a bit weird. I think he's a left winger, not a striker, Um so that. Part of it makes me not that unhappy. I want an out striker, and um, you know, if you were getting him as a stopgap striker and ultimately wanting him as a left winger down the line, that's not a bad thing. But we are pretty stacked in that position, um, so it's it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just that there's so few other options out there that you kind of feel like you have missed one of the affordable ones. The price seems extremely good. You know, it's just a bit a snip more than we got, um, Donny for you know, which you know seems like pittance really in this market. Um, But I also think Liverpool's approach is a bit odd these days, you know, since there's been changes in their hierarchy and how they go about band players. And I think they're very much committed to spending certain amounts of money and getting certain deal done deals done when they can. You know, like us, I think they're, you know, potentially going through a seal and then you wonder where and when the money is coming. Um, So I think they maybe just went with a bit of urgency and felt that they had to get this one done now. Although I don't think they need a left winger very much either. Um. So it'll be interesting, I'm keen to see him play, hopefully we won't regret it, it's a little odd, I'd like to know more about what went on, how interested we actually were, how much we were pushing the envelope, or whether we were sat in our heels, or whether in fact we decided, you know what, we're just not really sure we need this guy right now, and therefore he's went with the firmer interest, but I'd like to know the actual truth of the matter, as opposed to the kind of, the instant speculation is, oh you are know, so bad at this, and that could absolutely be the truth, but it's just you know it obviously doesn't read great on on the facts that we have available at the moment, but I'm I'm happy to wait and see what the crack is really at the when the dust settles.
1: Yeah, with as always with these things, it's very much a wait and see kind of thing. If we finish the the January window without bringing anyone in out, I will be disappointed. Uh, I know you will be, Jamie, as our resident muppet. Uh, if you don't, we don't make at least five signings every three weeks, you'll be upset. But um, which I'm sure you're just hoping for one. Um we've had well, it's been the the words coming out of the club are that it's gonna be a, a stop gap uh alone, as opposed to buying someone permanently because of funds available and the fact that we spent loads in the summer. That's what a lot of people reporting. Um kind of would make sense, I guess, with the sale as well and the fact that glazes are a bit tight. So with that in mind, Jamie, who would you actually are there anybody on your Muppet list who you'd like to see come in? What 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 do you see happening in the next few weeks?
0: Um I think it will be a stop gap. Signing and uh, I think it probably will be a loan signing just because I think the uncertainty around the club with regards to the potential scale, potential investment having to come in, the money that was outlaid for players in summer clearly seems to be having an effect and this is my rational self-talking where, yeah, I could see just one One player coming in as a stopgap up front. And that could be somebody like... The the name that keeps coming up even through the World Cup and even as recent as this morning is Joao Felix from Madrid because it seems like there is a very clear issue between Felix and Simeone at Atletico Madrid. And Atletico Madrid are going to stick with, with Simeone. Um. obviously they've got loyalty to him for what he's done for the club for what he's made them in the last 10 years and Felix doesn't seem to be what he wants up front that's why he's constantly on the bench that's why he's constantly not playing through the middle up front he's maybe only playing every so often there Why? which is why he's looking for the move but I think the stumbling block there would be not just a loan fee which is rumoured to be about six or seven million. Madrid are then wanting whoever takes him on loan to pay his full wages, and obviously he's. I can't even remember what it is off the top of my head, but the eventual amount would be another six or seven million. So then you're potentially looking at a loan signing for five months, six months that ends up costing you 12 or 13 million pounds. And I'm not sure the club would outlay for that. Um, The other name that I've seen is Depay. I yeah, don't Yeah, I know, think he's the
1: one who's gonna come in. Yeah, to I, I,
0: it's gonna be Depay. I'm torn though. No, I'm really torn over is that real? And we are actually interested because two or three weeks ago the name that the club he was being linked with was Newcastle because Newcastle are looking to make a bit of a statement sign in, in January and kind of push forward for the top four. And they know themselves with the likes of Wilson, who is a good player, but just can't stay fit. And we'll see how Almiron does if he keeps going on this absolutely unbelievable streak of form, if he keeps it up. But I think they, Newcastle feel they need more support up front. So they have been like with the pie. So I don't know if our names come in suddenly just to make Newcastle kind of go for it and take him on a free in January, or if we are actually are interested. The Muppet in me wants to see, as you said, three, four signings in January. But it's it's not possible. I mean, I would sign uh, the boy from Porto, not Porto, Benfica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one scored a hat-trick for Portugal. Yeah, yeah. John Calo, I, was, yeah. I, was, I was really impressed with him. I and mean, I just thought when he was playing, I just thought Portugal, really. After that game, he scores a hat-trick and then play him again. in the following game against, I think it was Morocco, they just... He didn't give him any service, so there was no there was no real chances they were trying to help make for him, and he seems like a proper striker, and I would be willing to take a punt on him because again, just watching the game last night and watching his other points this season, we play such good football, we make so many chances, but we, we need a forward, we need a number nine. Uh, just quickly on Gagport, I'm I went from yeah, really disappointed to not getting him. But then I watched them, being of a Rangers affinity, I watched them against Rangers for PSV twice. Wasn't that impressed, really, yeah. in those games. And then watched them for Holland and while he eh, for Sorry, for the Netherlands. And while he scored and played well at times, other times I just thought, you're a bit lightweight, mate. You, you don't really... He's a big, tall guy, but doesn't really... Doesn't really use his physicality at all. Doesn't mm-hmm. Doesn't really seem like he's a he's a forward he's a left he's a right-footed left-sided player and my god we've already got however many of them so i went from yeah i'm disappointed to actually no i'm not that i'm not as disappointed and i'm confused as why liverpool have bought him because they've got so many of that player as well that i'm like liverpool must be planning to sell or let go for jota whoever because they're buying another player that they've already got in that position. So even, as Colm says, some of the headlines are already doing the rounds we've been gazumped for, whoever. I'm not so sure about that, because as much as Ten Hag might have wanted him, we've already got loads of players like that. We would need to start selling some players, and he isn't what we need, in my opinion, at the moment. We need a forward, and as much as he might have helped, I really don't think he's... The striker that we would have needed,
1: mm. and that's transfer window done. We can never talk about transfers again. <laughs> it's over. Right, uh, back back to the game actually. And one thing you did touch upon was our. Um, I'm going to start again. One thing we did touch upon, we did touch upon, was our um, lack of quality in front of goal, and we did spurn a few chances in the second half. Um, we do need to be more clinical. Uh, that was a big. Talk about after the game. Ten Hag said himself, says so we need to be more clinical. Calm. Do you think it'll happen? Just as if, if we just keep creating the chances, it will be a problem. Or yeah, we personnel to no, be more clinical. I mean,
2: we definitely don't have like a clinical out and out striker, but what we do have is goals from lots of different places. Um, hopefully now moving forward, which is good. You know, I mean, Anthony missed an extremely, I think, easy chance. I think he goes to the wrong side of the net entirely, um, and gives Hennessy more of a chance. Um which was a shame, and then there was a few misses after that. You know, none of our strikers are prolific whatsoever. However, the chance creation now seems very good, very good. So I'm not too concerned. I mean, that I think we will kind of live and die on on putting away chances in terms of the rest of the season and how we fare. Um, But I also think that's an interesting test that needs to be played out. Do you know what I mean? I think, you know, there's no obvious... Signing in January, you know, maybe Joao Felix is the one that stands out. I I also question whether we really need a false nine of his ilk, although he's the kind of player you probably just take because he's top quality. But it's not like if you were making a player, he's not the player you'd make. Do you know what I mean? Um, Hmm. Even then, in the summer, it's quite difficult. I appreciate I've just launched straight back into transfers, but it's part of the answer. Um, Even in the summer, it's not clear who you're going for, who that player is in world football. You know, there's a bit of a, a doubt about that. So I'm more than happy hopefully to get a body in January, though I really think the club's going to struggle to find anyone kind of remotely suitable that will make any kind of positive impact because there's no point getting someone who's going to be useless if you stick them on. Otherwise, you may as well just play McNeil or someone. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that. really, there is a level below which you just probably shouldn't bother. Um, However, what I am kind of happy enough with is that I think it gives our front players enough time to stake claims essentially and to kind of put it out the table and that's for the like of Anthony that's absolutely for Martial that's for Bruno who needs to come back in with more goals even though he is playing well that is for Rashford to carry on his form and then you have Jade Sancho, Garnacho, and players like that so there's enough there that you just need some of them to step up take the chances and you know if it's always Rashford it's always Rashford and then you find your answer do you know what I mean not to say he should be our number nine but you're going to you're going to find out in the rest of the season, because they are all going to get minutes, you know, who's reliable, who is good, who can handle it. Um, so I think that'll be good for all those players. And I think a lot of those players, you know, particularly the likes of your Rashfords, your Marshalls and your Sanchos, you kind of need to know because we can't really... Less OG and Sancho. He's a total debate on his own, you know, at the moment with regards to what is happening with his Manchester United career. But you need to know at a certain point, do you know what I mean? Like, are you going to be a player for us? Can you be relied on? Are you going to put up the numbers that a consistently top four challenging Champions League team needs and that kind of productivity? And if you're not, then yeah, okay, maybe we're going to go and sign other players in those positions because you've been kind of, you've been proven to kind of not do it. So I just don't really see who the person is who's going to fix that problem for us. I'm quite happy just to let the players that we have have you know free reign we're playing a very creative fluid system so there shouldn't be any excuses you know there will be chances as there was yesterday yesterday enough of them were taken and you know fred comes on to put the ice on the cake which is fine the other misses were frustrating but i think on other days they go fine you know it's not like someone missed four, five, six chances everyone kind of missed one um which is fine we'll see how it goes and um, but i mean the base of the team the midfield and like that team the sort of front six I was like this is so good this is a good proper good team you know so I'm kind of happy with what it is and I just want to see how those players
1: then go and do. Mm. Um, I think the, the the big lesson from the game for me was uh, if you want a job done right bring Fred up. <laughs> he'll do it he'll do it he'll, he'll do it for you and he was sat on the bench thinking I can tell that the great he thing, did. The, he the great thing about that is
2: if we get our squad fit now the likes of Fred McTominay are impact players as they always should have been now that's probably a wee bit harsh on Fred he can start some games if we ever want to give Ericsson a rest by the way the amount of minutes I think he's played more than anyone possibly outside of De Gea is Ericsson which
1: is crazy he's got two I, hearts now hasn't he, so... yeah, well
2: exactly but I never would have thought that's what would happen however um, you know, our starting eleven is quite good now. It's quite nailed on, and that means that there is depth elsewhere. You know, there's probably we're probably lacking depth at fullback, fair enough, particularly at right back, and we're probably lacking depth, obviously at striker explicitly, even though we have quite a lot of cover on the wings. But everywhere else, you know, players who were meant to be squad players now are squad players, and that's good. You know, Fred should be coming on for a thirty minute cameo and starting the odd game. McTominay likewise, and that will see. Good out of those players you know fred came on and was doing wonderfully see as we outside of the boot pass into the box kind of thing Um, after he scored his goal i mean it was
0: just magical
1: yeah we're gonna take another quick break now and then when we come back we will do any other business and then we've also got a game welcome back to the final part of united hour so quick round of any of our businesses um we did mention or com did mention jane and sancho and the issues he's got i don't want to get too much into it because we don't really know what's going on and it's i think it's a bit churlish to wildly speculate what's going on but um, we just hope he obviously gets himself sorted out and gets back with the squad and then proves what he's worth uh, i don't know if anyone any has anything further to say on that currently
2: We just need marcus rashford to smile and teach him how to smile and be happy and then score those goals yeah and that's that's, it. that's uh,
1: simple I wonder yeah, Colm just wants everyone to be miserable, as we already discussed.
0: I just wonder if, um, mentally, is he alright? Purely because, you know, he's had a massive move to United. Last season wasn't very good at all. He's then found himself out of the England team, not being picked for the World Cup. wasn't He started playing okay for us. Like Obviously, you want much better than that. But I still mean, even the game against Liverpool, and just after that, he was playing okay and contributing and and scoring. But I don't know. I I, I just wonder if mm. th- if there's a problem there, where there's too much pressure
2: on him, and as you say, I, I, I don't here. see. I don't see motivation and, and that can come from lots of things. It's not just that doesn't mean yeah. he's lazy or he's not bothered. It, no, it might be those all. things, but it could also be other yeah. things. Well, no, it might be those things. You know, it's fair enough. Some people sometimes just have a bad attitude. You know, there is usually always a reason, but sometimes it's just, you know, they've got themselves into that position. Maybe the move isn't working out how he wanted. Maybe he thinks he should be at a better club. Maybe he thinks we should be hiring the table. Maybe he thinks we should be playing better football, providing different chances for him, putting him in different positions. Maybe he's just not happy. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe a million things could be a very personal thing, could be hmm. anything. And he's still so young. I think he's 22, is he? Is, yeah, is so he's what, still he? very young. As you, you know, said, you're more just he's, 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 he's all a right. child. You know, he is, he is a child. Um, So you just have to hope he works through it. And if he doesn't, that the club, you know, make an appropriate decision around that. I mean, someone being away from the squad... You know, I appreciate it's an odd situation where he wasn't traveling with England when he probably felt he could slash should have been. And obviously, previously has very much been in the squad, and um, and then you know you're kind of on your own character or whatever. But then to send him away and it's just it's it's very odd. It's very odd.
1: So I didn't want to wildly speculate, and then we uh, we spent uh, a good five minutes wildly speculating. So that that <laughs> went well. Uh, I've lost all control, everybody. I've lost all control of this podcast. <laughs> So, we'll we'll move on to the League Cup. Uh, We got a solid win over Burnley. I can't remember how much we won. I didn't actually watch this game, I confess. Uh, I was at a Christmas due. So, there were my priorities. Uh, We won 2-0. 2-0. Brilliant goal
0: by Rashford.
1: Tremendous. Yes, brilliant goal by Rashford. Oh, yeah. That's a good goal. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was allowed to run the whole length of the pitch for some bizarre reason without anyone deciding to tackle him. And then he just what lashed into the corner because he was smiling because he was smiling and that's why he put it in the corner as he was
2: dribbling I think he was smiling and that was the key even though he got a bit lucky with one of the dribbles the finish was then excellent and really that's what you want like Rashford running in the space is going to be a good Rashford you know so um, and smiling
1: Yeah, Um, and then we have in the next round of the cup Charlton yeah that's right home isn't it as well at home yeah, so home a nice is. favorable draw given to us by mary erps don't know how mary erps is allowed to draw us our name out of hat but nice one mary so we should hopefully be looking at a league cup semi-final and potentially a league cup final um a trophy we should be going for that now now we're in these last stages i think we really should be trying to win it um yeah. obviously it depends who you get in the semi-final you get city in the semi-final you go out fair enough but we can give them a game so it'd be interesting to see how that goes um Next up is Wolves and then Bournemouth shortly afterwards. Uh, Wolves away. They've just got their new manager in charge. Uh, they drew one all against Everton this weekend. No, they beat them. Oh, did they beat them? Yeah, they yeah,
0: won in that. the 95th
2: minute. Oh. They
1: scored the 1-0. Well, they, that, that's what happens when you uh, look at the 90-minute 90, 90 scores and think, ah, that's, that's that game done. Uh, <laughs> Frank, Lampard enough, somehow
2: so Frank Lampard still has a job.
1: If he has a new job by the new year, I will be impressed. Um. He, the man has many lives and many friends in the media. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Wolves mm. won, coming off the back of a win of their new manager. So there'll be a different proposition. Uh, bad times to play them. If we'd only played them before the World Cup, probably been a bit better. But I mean, games against Wolves, I just have memories of that time we played them like four games in a row. It was nil nil every single time, yeah. and it was uh, awesome. a nightmare. It's uh, give me flashbacks already. But hopefully this game won't be so bad because we're actually a decent team now and hopefully we'll play some nice football. Hopefully they'll want to show some stuff in front of their fans. It'll be their first home game for the manager, won't it? Uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, It will be, yeah.
0: Because that was his first game against Everton, yeah. So that'll be his first home
1: game, yeah. Yeah, so you imagine they'll be up for it. And we already had the new manager bounce with Emre came along with Villa, which was a bit irritating. So, difficult game. But uh, what? how do you see this one going, Jamie?
0: Um... I kind of only caught the highlights of the Wolves game, and to be honest, Everton. I thought Everton played all right and probably should have at least had a draw. At the game Wolves created some stuff, not a great deal. Uh, the two goals were well worked. That's what I will say. Um, quite a good bit of craft in both goals. Some good passing, and I, I would need to the one i looking for. I would need to look to other people who know more about Lopetegui than me, but I do know he is a good manager. Um, he had a kind of raw deal over the whole Real Madrid-Spain thing, but he is a good manager and I think he is actually who they wanted when this whole thing started, where, you know, when Mendes went in, I think they wanted him back then, so they finally have got their man. I think they will be a bit more on the front foot, look to attack a bit more, but as you say, I just have so much kind of PTSD of previous Wolves games where you sit there for 90 minutes and nothing really happens Um, so I'm just hoping it's a decent game for a change more than anything because these games against Wolves do tend to be quite a bit of a slog but as you said hopefully they're up for it and kind of go for it a little bit with the new manager there and that would suit us and it would allow us to play a bit more of an open game
1: obviously the, the the race for the top four is, is quite tight at the moment liverpool are right behind us though we've got a game in hand of them if we win that game in hand it will be four points clear we are a point behind spurs uh newcastle i think we're four points behind newcastle but again we've got games in hand over them so it's all pretty tight at the top and you kind of got to keep winning to just to keep yeah. pace, really um colm will you be disappointed with anything other than a win
2: yeah, hugely. Uh, really hugely. I think it's a must win. I think it should be a comfortable win. I think there is a bit of the Unai Emery bad timing, bad juju about this game. I agree, and um, which we seem to find um with unerring reliability in terms of any time a team gets sacked, you can nearly guarantee their next game is going to be against United. But. I still think Wolves are kind of at the end of their cycle with that team a little bit. Um, it's aged, it's ran out of form, it's kind of lost a little bit of its identity. And its identity was to make those games as difficult as possible to kind of really be as good in possession as we are and work extremely hard. So I'm hoping that we will take advantage. I mean, they're they're nearly bottom of the table, do you know what I mean? So it should be good. I think we will, we just have enough about us defensively now and control from Casemiro and Ericsson that we should we should do enough. And as long as the, the front players do the business, I don't really see there being a huge issue. And yeah, I think, you know, I'm very lasered on the top four now. And I think I've set that as kind of like a really bare minimum goal for me at this point of the season with the team we have and how other teams are doing. You know, I don't think... We should be accepting or overly forgiving of Eric Ten Hag if we don't secure top four. That's not me saying he should be sacked if he doesn't get top four by any stretch of the imagination, but I think we should absolutely be holding him and the team to account um with top four this year, because it's 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 it should be achievable.
1: Mm, it's a competitive field though, as I said, so Yeah, but like I with am who? With do you, you know what I mean? I appreciate, like
2: Newcastle are good, do you know what I mean? Spurs are not good. Liverpool are probably the one to watch out for alongside possibly Chelsea if they get their active together. But like we're in prime position. You know, we have the game in hand mm. on Spurs who drop points earlier in the week. Newcastle, mm. you would hope, will fall off at some point. I appreciate they're doing extremely well. Um but like I just think we're 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 our team is as good as those teams, if not better.
1: Yeah. Um I'm with you on that I feel like we should really should be looking at top five if we don't disparium. But if we win something, I'll uh Negate that disappointment by us actually winning something, especially if it's the Europa League. Then we get into the Champions League anyway. So, yeah. uh, Jamie, you are you same as calm? Top four or disappointment?
0: Yeah, at this stage definitely because we're playing well. We have good players. Um, we seem a bit more streetwise as well. Um, I don't know if Adam Casemiro has brought a lot of that in, but we do seem a bit more wise to. I just thought we like under Ollie, for example, I just thought we could we could get bullied at the games, you know? And I just don't think that's the case anymore. I think I think we're we're a lot more physical, we're a lot more solid in terms of we don't really give many chances away. when the back fours fit. So hopefully soon, yeah, we're back to Shaw, Martinez, Varane, and Dalot as the back four and with Casemiro sitting in front of them, I don't see many many chances being given away against many teams. And the only only thing for me is I think two of the four of the top four are already set. I do think City, obviously, will be whatever position they're in, will finish in the top four. I also think Arsenal, because as much as they lost Jesus, I thought they were very good against West Ham the other night and have been good for most of the season. So I think they'll make the top four as well. And then, as you said, Imran, there's a lot of competition, so there's only two... Positions left, but really, yeah, we should be nailing down one of them.
1: Hmm. Now should start with a win against Wolves. And uh we I know we're all a bit worried about the new manager bounce um that that Villa had, but luckily there won't be Anthony Taylor referee in that game, uh so we won't have to have a fifteen <laughs> yard wall. Uh yeah, uh, the, just a, the, the the story this week that the referee groups admitted that he managed to place a wall wrong. Which mm-hmm. I don't know how you place a wall wrong. I really don't. <laughs> But, um, that so I mean, that, it makes you afterwards, know. that makes you feel better, though, doesn't it? That they got it yeah. wrong, they made it. That makes you feel better, doesn't it? About it, about losing that game three, one it makes you feel all the way better. Anyway, that's enough of that. Um, now you're in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen, because it's not my stupid game. No, 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 it's Jamie's stupid game. Absolutely, a wonderful game of football in which Manchester United have won convincingly, but it was a breathtaking match, absolutely brilliant. Shocking. I am, I'm am disgusted with it yes so i'm going to hand it over to our brilliant host Jamie. thank you very much
0: imran welcome everyone and yes i'm going to host this edition of imran slash jamie's stupid game so to begin i do actually have a coin that i got when i was at the stadium tour of old trafford and on one side we have the man united crest and on the other side we have a little diagram of Old Trafford column, with your name beginning with C, and as it is alphabetical order, which side do you want to select for the toying course? Give me the Old Trafford diagram, please. Okay, and here we go. And it landed on the crest. So, Imran, would you like to go first or second?
1: As this is a penalty shootout, you should always go first.
0: Okay, no bother. Right. Here is so we've had far too much work to
2: come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, 10 questions. And since you're going to go first, Imran, we'll let you go first. And at the end, if needed, we do have a tiebreaker question. So, here we go. Also, just to add, if you do get the question wrong, I will pass over to the other player to see if they can get it right and get the point. So, here we go. Imran, question one in what year was the club known as Newton Heath, L-Y-R believed to have been established 1887. that's very very close, Uh, Colm do you want to advance on that oh okay so it's close 18 uh, 1880 oh I'm afraid you're both wrong, it's 1878 you just got it the wrong way around him yeah
1: I did, damn it (sighs)
0: Ah. Oh, very close. Right,
2: closest when is the point, though. Or no, no, no,
0: no. We're ruthless here.
1: No. <laughs> is, it, is it? Is it? Is it now? Is it now the time to announce my uh, dyslexia? Uh, the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, column question two. What did the L Y R stand for, referring to the industry from which the club existed?
2: Ah, uh, I know it's. It's a train thing. Uh a railway. Um L Y Lang- oh. uh, Lancashire uh, rail, something real railway. Yeah, Lancashire and Yorkshire Railway. Well done. Yes. One point to call. I was gonna end um, York. York. Lancashire and York. Thank God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, good show, good show. Right Imran, the Man United manager's role, taken up in 1945, was Matt Busby's third in management, having already managed City and Liverpool. Is that true or is it false? That is false. Well done. That was his first managerial appointment at Man United yeah. and he actually only played for City and for Liverpool. So, well done Imran. That's one each so far. Come. What was significant about the first home game of the 1949-50 season when Man United beat Bolton 3-0 at home? 1949-50? Uh, um, I have no idea. I have no clue. Imran, do you want to
1: take a punt at that? First game at Old Trafford?
0: I'll give you that. It was the first game back <laughs> at Old Trafford since the end of World War Two.
1: Yeah.
2: But, yeah. ah, I was gonna say
0: something about a warrior and God. Yeah. Ooh, he's turned it round. He's turned it round, ladies and gentlemen. Pressure's back on you now, calm. How old? it mm. not It's Imran. Beg your pardon, Imran. It's me. Yeah, come on. How old was George Best when he made his debut in 1963? Seventeen. Off. Oh, he's on fire. Seventeen indeed. Right, calm. You need this one. Yeah. And for this, I will accept either the club or the player. The first ever goal in the Premier League era was scored against Man United. Can you oh. tell me the player or the club? Um, was it
1: was it Sheffield Wednesday? I'm gonna to have to pass over to Imran. Can you get it? It's Brian Dean and Sheffield United. Oh, man. Very a a well game done. a game I was at, by the yeah. way. You were at that game? How are you? Yeah, the game I was at. In wow. the, I, I would have been six, oh, uh, no five, shit. six. I was I was actually in the Sheffield United end as well. Wow. In, in a full that? United kit. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> beat up a six-year-old.
0: <laughs> no way. Right, pressure really is on, because by my count, that's 4-1. To Imran, yeah. right back over to you Imran. Which player became the most expensive in British football history when he signed for United in July 1993? Yeah, uh, Roy Yeah, it was Roy Keane. I mean,
2: Imran's getting a lot easier questions here, I feel. He's also I mean, yeah. correctly <laughs> answering my questions, to be fair. But, you know, I also absolutely gave him the assist on Sheffield Wednesday. although given he was there, it seems like he knew that one. But
0: <laughs> I, d- I did know that one, yeah. Right, I think you'll get this one though, Carl. Which United youngster moved to Newcastle in a part exchange when United signed
1: Andy Cole? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Come on, Carl. You you know this? Okay,
2: come on. I feel like I will know it as soon as you say it. Yeah. No, I haven't got a clue. I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna know as soon as you say it. Uh, I'm gonna have to pass to him, right? Keith
1: Gillespie. Yes, it oh, was Keith oh, Gillespie. Oh, that's
2: so bad for me. Oh, Keith. Keith, Parky, Keith, Keith.
1: Keith. <laughs> Well, he's
0: five-one in front, so that's it as far as Game it goes. Over. But let's just finish it off. So, Imran United began the 1998-99. Six-one. So well? six, beg your pardon. Yes, you're right, Con. I was trying to help you out there, but yeah, <laughs> if you want to get beat by another one, that's fine. Um Yes. So, Imran United began the 1998-1999 season at home to Leicester City. Beckham dramatically scored in stoppage time to secure the 2-2 draw, but can you tell me which player had earlier half the deficit? Nicky Bot? I'll need you past the column. Dwight York? It was Teddy
2: Sheringham. Oh, oh. Did he score for a corner where we led it back
0: to the edge of the box? No, <laughs> I, actually it was a set piece, I remember it was uh, Beckham put a cross in and I actually thought Beckham scored initially, but it took a... Slight one of those, you know, Chikorito-style headers from Sheringham into the far corner. Right, to finish this off-column. A vital 4-2 win at Everton in the 06-07 season helped move United closer to the league title. In that game, we had an own goal from Phil Neville. John O'Shea and Wayne Rooney put United 3-2 up. Can you tell me who scored the fourth?
2: Um... 06 07
1: yeah it's it's a young it's a youngster call. yeah it's a young a youngster player.
2: yeah a young player at that time
1: yeah yeah at that time
2: oh, i'm gonna get my ears mixed up was it ronaldo
0: no i'll give it over to imran can you get it yeah, it's chris eagles yes it was indeed oh chris how you know this
1: my goodness
0: that's obscure
1: i remember that as <laughs> <laughs> i remember that game we were losing 2-0 and then uh we won 4-2 I also remember um, the guy that
0: scored the second goal for Everton was Fernandez, and it was an absolute howitzer yes. of a goal that he scored. It was, a very
1: good goal. <laughs> and then, was Ronaldo it was, at the club? He was, it was wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he? He was, yeah. It was It was one of those games where it was like, if we don't win this, we'll probably At the beginning of that game, we weren't on course to win the league, and then we were losing, and then I think Chelsea were winning at the same time, so yeah, we were going to be basically dislodged, and then we turned it around, and they ended up drawing or losing, so yeah, we they basically drew won the Bolton
0: league. the same day we won that game, and ended yeah. up that helped us win the league, really. All right, so well done, Imran. That's 7-1. Um, I'll have a tiebreaker. You. Do you want to do the tiebreaker? See who gets yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Okay, so I'll go with Imran since he won, but I'll take a guess from each of you. How many goals did Dennis Law score in his time at Man United? And I'll take I the mean, closest one.
1: I mean, it's a bit unfair that I have to go first, because Colm's just going to go one, one up. One I, like I, I,
2: I, I had no clue when Newton Heath had that. i just literally <laughs> subtracted <laughs> the numbers.
1: Um. So how many goals did Dennis Law score? Yeah. Four uh, United?
0: Yeah, For yeah, United. yeah. Four United, yeah.
1: 197.
2: What are you going to go, Colm? I don't think it's that many. Um Uh, well I'll go for 196
0: then Imran's closest he actually scored 237 goals in 449 games at Man United which if you're not watching Ronaldo or Messi is a remarkable kind of retomb that's wild that's a huge number
1: that is wild there you go
0: so yeah that was my edition of Imran's stupid game you can let us know how you got on with those
2: questions uh, depending on Good the, questions Yeah, you know, They the were the tough, but good questions. It, it, it was awesome.
1: handy that Imran was personally was at every single game and event that you made Yeah, I was. I, this is how I should. Chris Eagles is actually my cousin. Uh, I shouldn't. Uh. <laughs> Dreadful. Dumb and dumb, right, oh, I thought they were really poor. I thought they were a joke. Really abysmal. Just before we go, this episode was brought to you by footballprizes.co.uk yes our thanks to our sponsors at football prizes um they a great place where you can bid on all sorts of things and win all sorts of great prizes signed memorabilia for sports including united stuff other stuff it's all there use the discount code uh10 get you 10 off anything on the site um it really helps support us and everything we do at the podcast so please get to footballprizes.co.uk and start bidding Great. I did that first time, everybody. First time. You'll never know it. <laughs> um, that's it from us. We'll probably be back, probably not after the Wolves game, probably after the Bournemouth game after New Year's. So everyone at United Hour, have a happy New Year and we'll see you in 2023. I hope it's a great New Year for you all. Uh, say, Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year, troops. My bathwater is getting absolutely freezing here.
1: United Hour is part of the Sports Social Network, edited by Imran Lahare. And our theme song is by Ancient Feelings. To get in touch, please follow us on Twitter, United underscore Hour. Or email us at unitedhour at gmail.com.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.